0: Chapter 8, The Vanishing Corpse I have little memory of the last two days of my visit. I would have given prayers and offerings to my personal shrine. I always do, no matter what the state of me. I recall talking to Gath by Vidlink sometime in the morning of the sixth day. My royal companion, who is also the chief medical administrator of the peninsula, told me she was going to spend the day visiting the hospitals that were looking after those injured in the previous day's attack. Her handsome face flushed with determination as she talked. In the wake of an act of horror, she had found a role for herself in the noise and commotion of Glake. We talked for a length of time, but what else we said is beyond recollection. Most words entered my skull, only to slip off the grease of my brain, and pour back out of my ear. I guess some of it must have been important. If Deck visited my royal quarters some time after I finished talking with Gath, that conversation I can recall, despite the heap of drugs I ingested immediately afterwards, with the express intent of trying to forget what he revealed. After going through the planned itinerary of the day, my vizier said, I have an update on yesterday's attack. I heard the bodies were disposed of, I said. Dumped in the ocean, seven miles offshore. The city is pollution free. Dex sat down opposite me. The bodies were removed, Mr. Marcus. That is true enough. And collected remains from all over Glake were given to the waters. All that is true enough. Something sharp moved inside my chest. Something cold crawled in my belly. Tell me everything, If If Ifdek held up a photograph of a section of the wall surrounding the Royal Palace. Halfway up the wall, about 20 feet up, there was a line of hooks. From one of them hung the sign listing the three crimes committed by the killers. From another hung strands of flesh. When the palace guards went to remove the remains of the criminals, they only found those of the boy. The adult's remains had already been removed, vanished completely. Not a smudge was left. What about the security cameras? They've all been checked, Mr Marcus. Turns out they all experienced a three-minute malfunction around about the time the remains disappeared. The imagery is just blurry, scratchy patches of light and shadow. Computers fail to pick up the malfunctions. Deck paused for a moment while I processed the information. Fuck. Iftec. That's a major security breach. Who could have done something like that? It's... it's... I struggled to articulate my sense of terror and shock, but words failed me. If Dick put down the photographs and rubbed the dent in his head, there's more, Mr Marcus. The securitat have been all over the walls looking for clues. There is no trace whatsoever of the adult. Nothing not even a microscopic trace of dna it's almost as if the man was never there if deck talked some more about the investigation and detailed the increase in my security none of my engagements would be cancelled but security was to be ramped up there'd be intense background checks of all dignitaries i would be surrounded at all times by bodyguards Who had been told to shoot to kill anyone who acted in any way suspiciously. When Ifdek left I rang for a palace attendant. The usual flunky came in, accompanied by a woman who wore the livery of a palace attendant. Her eyes though were sharp and wary. You the new security? I asked. Yes, Your Excellency, sir. I handed my drug bowl to her. Go get this filled up. I want to forget the last few hours but still be able to function. I want to be cheerful, but not manic. And I want to nap occasionally, with my eyes open and my body still standing up. Oh, and throw a few surprises in there as well, just to keep it real. The woman stared at the bowl, but the flunky took it from her hand and then bowed. Yes, Your Excellency, I will speak to the palace farmer right away. As the two of them left, I gave each a big, hard and hearty slap on the ass. Well, I attended the functions I had to attend. I've seen the newscasts, so I know I was physically present at all those things. But mentally, spiritually, cognitively, I was gone somewhere completely different. My thoughts stumbling, slipping, skiting, slumbering and skipping between dwarms and nightmares and flashes of fantasy, erotic, paranoic, sometimes a mix of both. My behaviour was observed to be erratic, but strangely enough, the weirder and more fucked up I acted, the more my subjects celebrated my glorious reign. Their prince was clearly trying to get into the whole anarchic anti-establishment undercurrent that bubbles and sparks beneath the festival of Tainé and Firna. Did I really kick some city official in the head as he lay prostrate before me? I remember being pissed off at some point and the news vids do show me shouting Goal! While taking clumsy aim with my foot at some guy wearing a red fur cloak. The Merchant's Temple is the biggest in the city, where traders leave votive offerings to a whole array of gods, demigods and heroes. It was in its gloomy inner sanctum, Sanctorum, that I finally collapsed. Though no news drones were allowed in, the temple had its own cameras recording the event and released edited highlights later. I remember a piercing pain in my chest, and then my legs simply gave way. Temple officials surrounded me as my security detail went into hyper-defence mode, pointing guns at shadows and hissing dramatically into their earpieces. Fortunately, the priest and his attendants were used to people collapsing with awe and had their own not unpleasant way of dealing with the emergency. As I lay drooling and gasping for air, the Holy Ones ripped off my lower garments. While the priests alternated between jabbing a chili pepper and an ice cube into my sphincter, one of the sacred prostitutes began to massage life into my penis. I have never had a sexual experience to equal that blowjob. I was almost a corpse, but the whore put my cock in his mouth and sucked and massaged and chewed and sucked until suddenly, whoosh, lights exploded in my head. And I screamed out with joy. Somebody dinged a little bell as a sacred whore spat my cum into a silver tray. Thankfully the edited highlights omitted my collapsing and instead focused on the fellatio describing it as his sovereign lord making a personal and deeply felt offering to the eternal divinities. This all took place on the seventh day of my visit which apparently made the event all the more profound and exceptional. They still have a little vial of my spunk in that temple. I don't know what they did with the chili pepper and ice cube. My ejaculatory experience revitalised my body somewhat. Mentally I was still lacking a firm grip on what was going on around me, but if I remained somewhat dazed and confused At least I was dazed and confused in a determined, tall-walking and clear-talking kind of way. Following the temple deposit, I apparently retired to a great hall, where I ate a hearty lunch in the company of six or seven hundred guests, mostly department mayors and the leaders of city guilds. I cannot remember the food of the guests, but I do have a memory of tall candles topped with golden flames that winked like eyes or glittered like cunts and reflected a thousand fold of the polished swords, chains of office, pikes, helmets and noble busts that crowded the walls surrounding me. <laughs> Thanks for listening to chapter 8. Mind tell all your friends, family, ancient enemies about the story. Subscribe so you never miss a chapter. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or you can check out my website rabfultonstories.weebly.com.